Amsterdam. Take two. Take two. Technically take three. Technically take three. <laughs> mm. We're practicing people. Welcome to Follow the Mushroom. Welcome to Follow the Mushroom, guys. So, yeah. okay, who, who, who are you? I'm Steph. And, and, and Steph is a, is a, is a very curious uh, guy um, who has a company called Wingman. And, and my background is actually research and strategy, which I've done for quite some agencies and brands and things. But uh, like uh, under the Wingman umbrella, I, I tend to focus a lot on mushrooms and mushrooms have become a part of my life in the last years. But specifically during the whole COVID thing, more specific, like, like really focusing on mushrooms through the lens of uh, my new company called Prima Materia, where I focus on medicinal tinctures, mostly based on lion's mane, which is a medicinal mushroom. But ever since I've been working on mushrooms, so many projects popped up like mushrooms, and 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 it's it's been a it's been a it's been a ride, man. Yeah. It's a roller coaster, yeah. but a beautiful one. So who are you, Matthijs? Uh, I'm 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 Matthijs. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a documentary filmmaker, I, I, but I lean more towards the label of creative because I've also done photography. I've also made music in the past. Um, I've done exhibitions. So there's this sort of, but but I think that the, the red line has always been 25 frames a second, the medium. So yeah, I, I capture my thoughts and ideas best through You're a storyteller. Film. Yeah, 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 maybe. You are. Yeah. I see you as a storyteller. Storyteller. You're also very curious. I like to talk to people and, 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 and yeah. investigate them. Yeah, I'm really curious. That's, that's true. I think that's our common thing that we have. Curiosity. Yeah, and actually similar to you during the, the whole pandemic, mm. I, I, I started um, growing mushrooms. Yeah. Lion's mane mushroom. And that's what you saw on Instagram. And yeah. that's how we connected. No, exactly. Um, for me, mushrooms now... Um, recently, I also started a company. Congratulations, around, because I know <laughs> around mushrooms. Uh, leeway, um, uh, we 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 make ceremonial cacao and lion's mane, and it's like a it's like a blend, so like a ready to ready to make drink. Yeah. It's like chocomel, but healthy. Yeah, very healthy, like extremely healthy. Very healthy chocomel. If only the chocomel was like that. Yeah. Yeah, so the, this is not a plug for my company, but it, it is interesting. And that's also kind of why we do this together. Because the, the reason why we started companies, I think, in and around mushrooms is because we see that this is growing. This is just the beginning of well, something much bigger. And we kind of want to ride that wave. Well, not even not ride that wave. But I think like we both see that there is like a completely new industry thing coming, which yeah. is quite significant and significant enough that we connected on such a deep level that we felt the need to explore this new realm hmm. and, and, and really investigate what is going to happen. Because we both believe that this wave will be extremely big yeah. and, and, and bigger than... Um, most people might assume, which for most people, mushrooms now equal psychedelics, mm. uh, which is of course a massive part, and we will talk about this extensively as well. But there is just significantly way more, yeah, going yeah. on. It's either psychedelics or for the Netherlands people in the Netherlands is like like a champion. Yeah, it's either, oh, yeah. either the, and, and it's yeah because it's interesting. Even if you go to the to the to the more high end supermarkets, the variety of mushrooms available. Is, is very limited. It's like four types, maybe. Well, it, that's While the edible aspects and what, like you was also saying in the beginning, the medicinal aspects are gigantic, and it's it, it, yeah. Well, but but maybe I'm going on a tangent. I think nothing wrong with tangents. Well, the 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 maybe to to sum it up a bit more concrete. I think what we've over the last half year that we've worked on this project more. It's, it's almost becoming a year. We're close towards a year. Close towards a year, right? Yeah. So during that year, I think w we saw that, yeah. People uh, uh, listening to us now, we, we, we very uh, neatly prepared our, our podcast because we have one hour, but there is so much that we can talk about. So And we both are quite talkative to people. Yeah. So we need a little bit of a structure. Yeah. Um, but I do think that it's very interesting because how did we meet? I do think it's interesting. I was already focusing on mushrooms quite a bit. It's been in my system literally for some years right now. And I was growing some 
psychedelic mushrooms, the grow kits. Hmm. And ever since I bought this grow kit and I saw this mushroom grow, I was hooked. Like, what fuck is this thing? Hmm. And this is just magic. And 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 I I dove into the entire microdose thing. And from there, I got deeper and I discovered this thing called medicinal mushrooms. And uh, I actually was going to a difficult period myself, brain fog, all these things, all these physical uh, 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 annoying things, basically. And suddenly there was this lion's mane supplement and I took it and it helped me. And it's really sparked something within me um, with the focus of if I can, I want to know more about this. Why don't we know more about this? And if I can grow a, a like magic mushroom, psilocybin, why can I not grow a lion's mane? Mm. So I was deeply into this lion's mane cultivation, discovering what it is, how you can grow it, doing courses at Fungi Academy. Um, Shout out to Jasper. Jasper, like we will talk to Jasper and we will talk more about what Jasper does uh, in the upcoming episodes probably. Um, but I was I was sharing this online via my Instagram a lot, and suddenly a friend of mine, a mutual friend of mine, Dan said, "You need to talk to this guy Matthijs because I think you guys are the same." And, and then I checked you out, and suddenly you were also working on Lion's Mane, which for me was like, "How are you know? How do you know about Lion's Mane?" Because I thought I was the only guy in the Netherlands focusing on this thing or knowing about this. So suddenly I was immediately gravitating towards you because what were you doing with lions man <clears throat> i was growing it in my in my kitchen i this was this was sort of at the end of the whole lockdown period like yeah. things were opening up a bit more and at the beginning of the of the lockdown in amsterdam it was march march april i started building a uh, um a hydroponic system so i was growing uh all sorts of herbs in my kitchen yeah. with a just a for those who don't know like a hydroponic system is where you have a bucket of water where the roots of the plant uh, float in so yeah. there's no soil and i mean you can debate whether that's a better way of doing it but i i, I always wanted to try this out and the, the whole lockdown was a perfect thing and so that got me sort of you know in this whole process of like seeing something evolve from seed to oh i can chop it off and put it in my mouth and eat it flow um, and similar to you, I was also growing um, ma ma magic mushrooms. Yeah. Um, yeah, because, you know, lockdown, what to do? <laughs> um, yeah. So, the, and actually similar to, well, the way I got to mushrooms for me was, is, 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 is the backstory has its roots in, in my previous project where I, m I made a, a documentary film about how I changed my diet extensively. Yeah. So I lived on, on, on complete food shakes for 12 months. Um, that's also the name of the documentary, 12 Liquid Months. And I wanted to do this because I, I was really curious how food would affect my, my, my mental health, basically, because I was at a really bad position in my life. So I thought, okay, this, the, the idea of complete food is that it has all the nutrients that you need into a powder. Yeah. Sort of like the hospital version of, you know, when you're in a coma. But then marketed to you know Silicon Valley tech bros, yeah. <laughs> which at the time I sort of you know aspired to be. So, and with that whole lifestyle of only drinking my food, also came a whole bunch of smart drugs. So yeah, the nootropics, right? Nootropics, yeah. So everybody knows everyone knows Ritalin, this ADHD medication. There's a whole bunch of other stuff that looks like Ritalin that you can take to be sharp. So coffee 3.0. Um, and and I had a lot of interesting effects. Like I was I was becoming much more focused and sharp, and I, I got I got done a lot of stuff. But then I was all of a sudden introduced to microdosing LSD. Yeah, and that changed the whole ball game for me because I was like, wait a minute, this does everything, and it's just LSD. You know, I don't have to take six pills a day to be you know uppers and downers and smart and focused. LSD was sort of like, wow, okay, I have the one thing now. Yeah, um, and so from microdosing LSD, I got into microdosing mushrooms, and that's a similar path to you. When you start looking at microdosing mushrooms, quickly the 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 the, the lion's mane mushroom also pops up because they have some sort of symbiosis with each other. They actually do, and 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 that's that's how I got to growing, you know, in the lockdown, uh, lion's mane mushrooms in my kitchen. But you were focusing like a little bit more on on food, right? 
because I had a, this this focus on more tinctures and how do you extract these things and how does it actually work. But hmm. I think you were more well, not cooking. Maybe I coo- you were. <coughs> I was cooking them. Yeah. Well, the, the, it because I baking. Sorry. Yeah. There, I mean, I, I for me extracting is still a bit of a daunting process because it's too complicated in my head. You know, like and I know it's not, but at the time I was like, ah, I'm just gonna start grow lights, man. And just sort of see, maybe I can eat it, and yeah. and it's actually delicious. It's like like a chicken replacement. I don't understand why why we still fuck around with tofu and all that stuff. When if you just have lion's mane and butter and salt, you have the perfect chicken replacement. It's it's, it's oh, yeah, insane. Like within five years, I think it's all part of the wave. It's, uh, yeah. So so that was for me sort of yeah a, a little little, but it's, it is interesting that that lion's mane brought us together. It was Lion's Mane. Thank yeah. you, Lion's Mane. Thank you, Lion's Mane. And, and the microdosing, because then I remember, like, I need to... You were posting things about uh, Lion's Mane, and then I started following you. Uh, and then you posted something about the Liberty Cap, which mm. was the, 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 the Liberty Cap is, the, is a, a psychedelic mushroom, which also grows in the Netherlands. And, I, the was, <clears throat> and I was focused on the Liberty Cap and actually looking for them, because... Uh, I was thinking if I can have grow kits with golden teachers and all these things where actually are mushrooms not originally from the Netherlands. No. I think they're Thai or whatever they are. Lo- lo- Cambodian. Lo- lo- yeah, a lot of this stuff is, is like South America, and South Southeast America. Asia. Exactly. Yeah. But like I want to have something which is local. But anyhow, I was deeply, you're already posting about Lion's Mane, which triggered me massively. Then I was deeply into the Liberty Cap. And then you posted something about the Liberty Cap. Mm. Which for me is a, a, a like was a synchronicity bomb, and I might use the word synchronicity a lot because I like it. Um, yes, yeah, and I think I think synchronicity is also an interesting concept. Just quickly to sort of because I think this word is going to pop up quite a lot. So maybe well, in terms uh, of philosophical, uh, uh, you know, like how philo- philosophers have certain words they use. Yeah, but I, I think for us synchronicity is sort of the replacement of what we usually call uh, coincidence, right? fall yeah where it's like oh that's such a coincidence like no that's more like a synchronicity and if you start paying attention to them you start seeing them more often and to some extent for me these things not all but some synchronicities really been a guidance in my life where like okay if this keeps popping up i'm just going to follow this path and then see where where it it ends up um so synchronicity is It's a big thing, and it's a term actually coined by Carl Jung, uh, Hmm. who I've been uh, like following and and researching quite a bit. But it's about following a path, and it's like a intuition. It's almost like uh, your intuition is like a compass or something. So for some reason, my intuitive compass was focused towards Lion's Mane, Liberty Cap, and then then you were there, and you were doing exactly the same. Which for me was the reason. I need to have a, a, a coffee with this guy, a walk a talk. Yeah. Then I invited you over to uh, to uh, my little uh, coffee place, Back to Black, and we basically started talking, and we never stopped. True. Because that's the thing, and I remember very clearly we walked into the park, and you knew so much about mushrooms, uh, uh, lion's mane, also your previous project, documentary making, but you had a, a very extensive broad knowledge and curiosity which sparked me and triggered me a lot. Um, and I think vice versa as well. For sure. So so we had yeah. this very beautiful symbiotic thing going on. And then you uh, shared with me that you had this idea to do a documentary yeah. regarding this thing called the shroom boom or the psychedelic renaissance or yeah. whatever these hip words or terms are actually there. Yeah. And that resonated deeply with me because uh, through my work as wingman, like I like to... Like, like connect to people which I have a, 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 like a, I, I, I resonate with uh, and they share their, their ambitions or their projects or their, 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 like their, uh, their almost their goals and I become part of that and I felt immediately drawn towards you your energy and towards your project because I felt like oh wow this is actually kind of important because well, I felt the same for, for me what's really interesting at the time I met you I just started therapy uh, uh, th- I just started a therapy session for myself because yeah. you know sort of the whole pandemic really brought about a lot of things of my family structure a lot of things from, from my past with my, with my, with my parents yeah. it's like fuck I, okay let's just make this step let's dive into this therapy which I've been evading for a while and, and quite quickly I saw some really positive results but then 
you know, that's really sort of on on the, on the whole family thing. And 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 what I found really interesting from the start, with the conversation that we had that, that we had was like, oh wait, this is also therapy, but this is like <laughs> therapy in purely creative context. So here's someone that's willing to listen to my rants for like hours on end, and then there's a lot of feedback on those rants that actually you know, give me new insights so I can go home with fresh ideas. I'm like, wow, this is sick. And in the beginning, we also talked about like, okay, so are we gonna, am, am I gonna pay you? Or do we need to sign some contracts? Because the ideas <laughs> were quite big. Like like you mentioned, this documentary idea that I had, I had a whole script written down. Um, uh, I had some sort of a, yeah, production list kind of, but I, I needed a producer. And after our first walk and talk, you were like, okay, you need a producer. Okay, maybe I know someone. And then two days later, I had the phone number of a producer and a director who done Netflix productions, a lot of stuff for the for the Dutch broadcasting system, like super experienced people in a video call, you know, like 48 hours after our walk. So I was like, whoa, this dude is onto something. Um, and well, I think also, you know, by pit, by just explaining my, pers- my, my perspective on, on you, that's maybe also, uh, a good explanation of what wingman is right like because just to keep it a bit business focused for a little for a little longer if the documentary would come across and there would be a budget then you would just tap into that right then you sort of you become part of the project rather than no i have this knowledge but you have to pay me first and then you yeah, get the knowledge it's boring it's like no let's just let's just symbiosis like symbiosis yeah Symbiosis. No, so exactly. I help you. You help me. And if you if you succeed, then you should also. Yeah, think. after like if the, I think money is the most boring of all. It's an energy thing. I get it, uh, but uh, it was not my intention whatsoever. I wanted to. You were you were onto something, and I felt it, and I felt that your intentions were pure. You were genuinely curious and fascinated. Yeah. Um, and, and you, you you made me think about a lot of things as well. And like, oh fuck, this is a documentary. This is rather interesting. And you had like a, a slight like tendency towards like uh, like psychedelics and to make a company and whatever, but there was a deeper meaning behind that in the original idea that you had, and I was hmm. resonating with that. Like, okay, let's try to focus on that. And I think this might yeah. be something very interesting to explore. And 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 this was like a year ago or something also yeah. for the people who are listening in and we just kept talking and talking about mushrooms psychedelics well, actually, therapy we, we quickly made an action plan right so after i spoke to the producer and they were like yeah you should just start and make a pilot and you know take it from there so we started we, we quickly st- so I, I bought new camera gear and uh we basically started interviewing people yeah uh, based on this script that i wrote and, and, and the talks that we had, it's like, okay, well, let's talk to this person. Let's talk to that company owner. Let's talk to this other micro uh, freak. Um, and after a couple of months, we sort of, you know, basically we, we, we've been testing this thesis of this, this project, which then made us realize like, wait a minute, this is, this is much bigger than we anticipated because there's a lot of, you know, through the talks with all these people we had, these interviews, we saw you know, sort of the branching out of the topics. So, like you said, it's not just psychedelics, which was the initial spark of the idea. Yeah. But it was also sustainability. It was also sociologically. It was also, you know, capitalism. It was also, there's all these other branches that can be affected. Why, in the beginning, we said, like, was that the previous recording? Yeah, the previous recording. The previous recording. Okay. Ten well, minutes ago. <laughs> ten minutes ago. No, it, we realized, like, wait a minute, the mushroom has the potential to... To, to fix all the world's issues right now from, you know, environmental issues to socio-economical issues to also, you know, like, like mental health issues. This, it, it can tap into all these huge dilemmas. And I think that's when we were like, okay, we need to maybe do a podcast because then we can, we oh. don't have to stick to 90 minutes to tell a story. We can do 90 minutes per story every week every month or right well, like we, we initially realized that we want to do a documentary then we realized okay there's just too many topics there are too many people we cannot cram this into one single documentary maybe we need to do a series and talk to multiple like persons uh over a longer period of time 
But then we also realized the production of that, who do you meet, and maybe you need to travel the world to speak to certain people. That will take time and budget and like uh, the, the, the momentum, hmm. the continuation is very difficult. And, and, but we were in the middle of, of all these things happening. Like Merlin Sheldrake just dropped his book. Merlin Sheldrake is a very famous mycologist. He's the son of Rupert Sheldrake. Um, and, and hopefully also a, a, a member or a, a guest on, on this podcast one day. Um, but there was a lot of things happening in the realm of, of, of uh, mushrooms, of psychedelics. So we, we, I felt personally felt like if we still need to wait every time that we find somebody and then film them with an entire film crew and blah, 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 we, we lose the momentum. Mm. How cool would it be if we have a more regular uh, talks with people yeah. and actually that we can more casually meet people uh, tap into their, pick their brains, see who they are, and 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 understand their view uh, on the world through the lens of mushrooms, in in the broader sense. So not only indeed psychedelics, but also it's therapy, and it can be uh, sustainability, it can be finance, it can be architecture, it can be textile, because the mushroom is is offering so many potential. Uh, uh, like solutions to to major problems that we have, yeah. and that's the cool thing. And the moment when we started to talk about maybe we need to do a podcast, poof, echo box, <laughs> literally. And then again for me was another synchronistic moment because we said it and suddenly it was there. And I realized immediately when I saw echo box, like fuck, this is serious. These guys are absolutely onto something. It looks amazing. It feels amazing. <laughs> and I remember first that I called you. Okay, there's Echo Box. There's this thing. I let's shall we respond? You were like, okay, let's respond. And and I immediately just dove into their DM. I literally <laughs> slide into their DM with like a like a like full force tackle or something. And I just spoke like three or four, actually six or seven like voice memos. Oh yeah. And and they quite, yeah. quite <laughs> with, with a certain enthusiasm that people like relate to me. Um, but it was sincere and it was intentional and, and like okay like I we really want to be on your on your new platform because we are doing something we are doing very intuitively also like you said earlier mm. like we're following a path yeah. which is an intuition and this is also why we actually named the podcast and the entire project follow the mushroom yeah. because intuitively we are following the mushroom and where it's bringing us and now yeah. we're here and um and so the mushroom basically brought us Echo Box, you can say it uh, anyway, in, in, yeah. in that way. Yeah. And uh, I just jumped on it, uh, uh, bombarded their DM, um, finally also wrote a pitch for them. Uh, and, uh, like, uh, and then later we actually got selected. Yeah. And they, they said uh, that we were the only persons uh, to actually respond via DM. Um, <laughs> but they were very much uh, charmed by the enthusiasm. Yeah. And, um, so again, Echo Box, thank you so much for the, the opportunity. And uh, I, I think it's like really, really exciting to, uh, to, to explore this realm. And, and I think that's also a little bit our, our intention for the upcoming episodes that we are planning. That we want to speak to experts within the bigger realm of mushroom. Yeah. And they each have their expertise within a certain area. Again, it can be psychedelics, it can be therapy, it can be architecture, it can be textile. Uh, of course, there will be a certain structure, um, but it needs to be very structurized, uh, but also very casual, but in the bigger picture to inform people about this wave called mushroom, to inspire people about this thing. Mm. Um, um, yeah, because I think I think because we're in the Netherlands, we have we have yeah. quite a, quite an interesting challenge, um, which he like in the in the in the previous recording, you really had a good rant, or not a rant, but <laughs> yeah, a really, yeah, there was a rant. You had a good, really good rant on the whole uh, reason why we in our part of Europe are so afraid of mushrooms. Like, I recently I recently learned that that um, this is very recently. I think it's. Uh, uh, Merlin Sheldrake's book that made me realize this is that uh, if you go into a forest the chance that you find a mushroom that when you eat it will kill you 
is very unlikely because there is only a handful of mushrooms that actually do that. Um, yes, there are some mushrooms that you know. Be careful, people. Yeah. You, you get yeah, but I mean, it, it's it's. It, you get maybe you maybe you vomit or you know you feel ill for a bit, but the actual dying thing that our parents told us, you know, like don't touch the mushroom, you'll die. Yeah, like, that, it's a bit overstated, but it comes from this sort of uh, really interesting backstory, uh, which has to do with partly with the church. It, the oof, Christian well, the, church. Then, then you take quite some steps, but okay. yes, the, the, it, it, it originates there. You actually already alluded to it earlier, like <clears> the champignon, the the white little. Lifeless yeah. thing. That's so, the first thing that. You <laughs> so so in essence, I try to keep it brief. Um, you have two terms. One is called mycophobia, and phobia is scared, like resenting. No, and mycophilia, and philia is yes, like an audiophile is somebody who loves audio, and yeah. mycophile is somebody who loves mushrooms. So there was this guy called Gordon Wasson, very famous mycologist. Um, uh, he was very famed for an interview that he did in Time magazine or Life magazine, mm-hmm. where he interviewed, uh, he, he brought back his experiences with, he've done with the magic mushroom from Mexico, where he was talking to a very famous shaman. Her name is I, I, Sabina. Do you maybe know? I, I forgot her last name. Oh, sorry, Sabina. I, I absolutely disrespect her name. but uh, Yeah, yeah, because it's a good, good little footnote that because Mr. Watson went there, she then was outcasted by the community because she shared a secret of the mushroom with this white yeah. foreigner, um, which was sort of a no a no go at the time. Um, and because of the the uh, because Wasson also promised her like no I will keep it a secret. But then the Life magazine article came, resulting in a sort of a pilgrimage of Westerners to Mexico, which the community at the time was sort of really angry at Sabina and. She outca- She was outcasted from the community. Really sad story. Well, it actually, it is a, a sad story. But but uh, there might be a, a good good coin, like a, like something coming from it as well, because uh, Gordon Wasson came back, and Gordon Wasson has a wife. I'm not sure if Gordon Wasson actually still is alive, but he's an American guy, and uh, he has a wife Valeria, who's Russian, and she's also a mycologist, and. Um, this, I read this somewhere in a book that they were, um, Valeria and Gordon were walking in the woods and, and, and Valeria knew everything about all mushrooms and she was just foraging, like like getting all the mushrooms and eating them and whatever and cooking them for dinner and Gordon was basically freaking out. Like, how do you how do you know that it's not toxic? How do you know that it's not, like, you might die. Like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And he was actually surprised by how much the Russian culture knew about mushrooms and then he was onto something and then he started to investigate all these cultures of 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 how they were actually connecting to mushrooms and then he figured out that there was uh, uh, cultures that were very much embracing the mushrooms and there were cultures that were very much aversive scared of the mushrooms and they adopted mycophilia and mycophobia the myco Phobia, the countries that were very scared, or oh, sorry, uh, phob- back. The countries that are uh, mycophilia, love it, are the northern and eastern European countries, as an example. Russia, Poland, and Hungary, but also I think Finland and whatever, where actually they teach even children already about mushrooms. Um, you, they go foraging every weekend, the same that we go on, on a little... Uh, like a, a trip to the beach or something. Hmm. They would take their children and they would go into the woods and they would find mushrooms and, and collect them. As many actually like small villages in these regions, they have little, uh, I think offices where, where you can bring your mushrooms to have them determined and, and seen if these are toxic, yes or no. So it's completely embraced by culture. No. Then we have mycophobia cultures, countries, and the Netherlands is a perfect example. Like we're extremely mycophobic and you're already like uh, alluding to it um, because in essence, this is through the Dutch lens, we, we consider that there are two mushrooms, broadly speaking. One is the magic mushroom and the magic mushroom is psychedelics and that's hippie and strange and don't touch it and 
uh, yeah, only hippies do that, and, and smart shop. And I don't want to get close to smart shops because again, those are hippies. And on the other side, that's the champion that like always make it's, it's the white lifeless thing you find at the Alpi, the Albert Heijn. Yeah. And and in everything in the middle, there's basically nothing. And whatever there is, it's toxic. Yeah. <laughs> and so nobody teaches us about mushrooms. Nothing in schools. Uh, it, it's just it's it just there almost it's an anomaly hmm. and and this is actually the interesting thing that we are living in this mycophobia culture and it seems to be shifting towards mycophilia hmm. we seem to appreciate it more we st- seem to be more interested but um it's 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 fascinating to to actually see this firsthand because then i grow lion's mane i make these tinctures People buy it from me, and many people they're like sincerely scared. They're they're hyper careful. Hmm. Where technically, uh, if if I would give you a mushroom soup, you would just drink it, right? Yeah. Um, but this is the whole mycophilia and mycophobia thing. Yeah, I I think what you're also touching on is that is 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 also the the um, the idea that drugs are yes. are really bad for you, and the sort of the whole the war on drugs by Nixon also sort of leans in in this whole thing where you know you can lose your mind or you know you can overdose or no actually if you smoke weed you're gonna go to coke and crack and then heroin and then sort of that whole narrative is really the mushrooms are dipped in that narrative as well so Uh, like like yeah smartly dipped yeah often i have to explain people that yeah that the difference between a psychoactive mushroom so the one that makes you trip and, 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 a, and a medicinal mushroom, one that yeah. definitely helps your brain health, but it's not gonna, you know, you're not gonna see anything or feel anything spe- specific. So there is, uh, yeah. Well, like in, in the 60s, in Neat Nixon, like he, he claimed this war on drugs, which was just a purely political move, but actually that action resonated uh, across the entire globe, at least the, the Western countries. And mm. cultures and of course our parents were part of those eras yeah so they learned everything about lsd and acids and that yeah. will make your brain melt into mush and you will go mad and this and that and i mean it's it's our parents but it's also the way I, I, every every film every cartoon that i've seen was constructed where you know the guy the people who done drugs or the people who you know they were all, they were always look a bit like oh you don't want to look like that there's a sort yeah. of this really deep deeply culturally ingrained narrative of yeah that altering your perception is not a good thing it's it's definitely not a good thing although and i think that's also very important to to for people to realize uh and that's actually coming back because at that same time in the 50s and 60s and maybe even before there was a lot of research done about mushrooms and yeah. LSD and people need to understand at home that LSD is a derivative of a mushroom yeah so LSD technically is a mushroom it's a synthesized fungus yeah which contains uh, DMT and actually uh, psilocybin like um, I think it's an alkaloid actually the the, 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 the no. LSD is an alkaloid yeah, 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 yeah but yeah. anyhow there was a lot of research done through the lens of psychiatry and, and even philosophy as well, and they were doing a mental health and mental illnesses, and they were healing a lot of people. They were gaining massive insights. They were even yeah. treating children with autism, yeah, heavy it's, autism. It's, it's fascinating. But what's also really interesting is, is that it becomes much more clear that the CIA actually had a huge involvement in sort of the whole uh, uh, rise of, of, of the, the, the counterculture because they were playing around with LSD to see if they can use it in warfare. Or yeah, in, what's the name of this project again? MK Ultra. MK Ultra. Yeah, it's 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 fascinating that, and uh, I was I was listening to a podcast with Rick Dublin's uh, just before you came. Rick Dublin. Rick Who, Dublin. Yeah, Rick Dublin. Who is fa- Rick Dublin? Rick Dublin is the founder of Maps, the 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 multiple m- multidisciplinary association for psychedelic studies. Bang. Founded uh, three decades ago to um, yeah to sort of focus on uh, studies on psychedelics yeah um and in, in this podcast he, he uh, rick dublin was explaining that uh someone who uh, was working no I'm, I'm not gonna do that whole story just listen to the podcast <laughs> uh that's too boring but yeah um 
No, my point is is that it's interesting that so the war on drugs mm. uh, actually was sort of initiated by the authorities themselves um, because they had this idea that you know LSD could be used as a mind control thing. Yeah. But when it got out of the labs, it was actually not a mind control thing, but a mind expansion thing. So people, they they accidentally opened the eyes of an entire generation and make them more empathetic, more uh, social, more connected and more in tune with themselves and their and their values, yeah. which, you know, at, in the times of the 60s, there was much more going on than just the war in Vietnam. There was this whole race war that was really peaking the women's rights there was a lot of cultural Absolutely. things in the states that were sort of wrong and people just tried to break out of which if you have a little bit of psychedelic assistance works fantastically well, I guess. It, it works hand in hand uh definitely so it it, it had a backlash yeah big time uh, but but they did manage they they did manage to that was the thing of the war on drugs so there was very promising research done with even more promising results from the research in terms of therapy, mental health, and all these things. But because the war of drugs of Nixon, and what's, who was the guy after him? Reagan. Hmm. Reagan, he actually like he pushed it even further. Um, they cut all research fundings. So there were, like all, suddenly all these researchers and this beautiful attempts to understand this, 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 um, this mushroom actually, in essence, more, uh, got cut. Yeah. So that's why for many, many years, 20 or 30 years, there was this gap in, in the progression of, of understanding uh, the mushrooms for the betterment, actually, of, of humanity. Well, what's, what, what's actually interesting is that back then, the, the focus was mainly on, on LSD in research. In, in, in this, like this, uh, like one study that I uh, uh, saw was really focusing on... on um, alcohol addiction which was a huge issue back then yeah and they saw you know aa which is a lot of a christian approach to, to to getting rid of booze that had some functions but there was always a group that even you know the most hardcore aa wouldn't help them they would fall back they would relapse yeah and they saw that you know with with one or two lsd sessions they didn't and 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 so you know lsd takes like 12 hours so if you compare 24 hours of tripping in a therapy, uh, therapy, therapeutical context towards, you know, I don't know how many weeks of AA you have to do. To weeks, months, years. Years, right? So that was that was mind blowing. And it, actually what's really interesting is that right now, if you look at the, the, the research that's been picked up since sort of the mid 2000s, um, it's mainly focusing on mushrooms, on, on psilocybin, and yeah. not so much on LSD. Because I'm LSD, curious actually what that shift is, but it's it's because LSD is just so demified, and when you whenever you say LSD, yeah, everyone gets that you know Marilyn Manson or you no know, Charles Manson flashback, like oh my god. But if you say psilocybin, it's like what what? That's like a difficult word to write. You need to you know you, when you hear it for the first time, you feel intimidated. It's yeah. like a scientific term, um, but it's basically just magic mushrooms. Well, I think but, it, it it ties back into the the bigger also reason why we are doing this and basically what is happening in, in, in the world right now. Again, there was the war on drugs. They called all the research. It was like, it was dead yeah. for many, many years. It was may maybe massively underground, but I don't know actually what kickstarted it. I do know because I listened to a podcast with uh, Roland Griffith and Roland Griffith was a, like a, a like a, a researcher, uh, a professor, I believe, I think I don't know the department, but he focuses on psychedelics and well, many other, many, many yeah. other things. Like he, he's done, he's done. I think the most work on caffeine, caffeine, and many research. other things. But he was the guy who he, he kickstarted the research to psychedelics again. Yeah, like jeopardizing his own work because to even talk about psychedelics through the academic profession could you could lose your job. Yeah, so it was very, very scary. And, and he managed to push it through. And ever since the research regarding psychedelics in the broader sense, and also for therapies and whatever, kickstarted again. And it went hand in hand with also maybe the use of psychedelics. Microdosing started picking up many, many years ago in the whole Silicon Valley thing. Mm -hmm. and, and they saw again the, 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 
the effects that people were having that they could, if you would take a microdose of something, uh, LSD or, or the mushroom, you, you could focus better, you could have a, your memory was clearer, your, um, you would be slightly more creative, you could be more in the present. There were all these like interesting benefits going on. Um, so things were going at the at the same time, and I think they, this this second wave almost they called the psychedelic renaissance, yeah. where you can almost compare it to the cannabis boom, where many years ago, or actually ten years ago, you were going to jail, and now you find CBD in in the Kruidvat and the Etels and and, yeah. and and all these other things, and the same is going to happen or is actually happening with this entire wave with mushrooms. Yeah. And and th- this is the interesting bit, and also like to tie it back to Father the Mushroom. This is something I truly want to like s- like keep track on, and also ideally, no, ideally that's what we're doing right now. Talk and share with people what is going on for the people that maybe have never heard about mushrooms, never heard about psychedelics, but also the many other things. Um, because if suddenly all these companies start talking about mushrooms and start dictating on how you should take it and or if you shouldn't take it or uh, yeah I, I want people to be informed to take their own decisions hmm. and I think that's a very important thing yeah. before we fall in a trap again of, of, of maybe governments or big companies or indirectly well, big mean, pharma the nice dictating thing, the nice thing about being be it's sort of we're in the really early adopter phase still of the shroom boom Absolutely. So, so, so therefore, I think it's really important to have, um, yeah, a wide variety of media that people can get tap into to sort of, yeah, like you said, make their own decisions because it's gonna be marketed soon, and it's gonna be. It's already happening. Yeah. Like, of course, the, the, as an as an example, um, the microdosing was kicking off, and also microdosing is interesting in the Netherlands. Why? Because even though the magic mushroom basically the dried psilocybin and psilocybin also for the people it's a very difficult word but technically it's the active ingredient within the mushroom Mm -hmm. the magic mushroom one of the active ingredients yeah one of the active but the the main one the same that thc is the active component of weed and that's the stuff that makes you high and actually start to hallucinate although the term hallucinate now is frowned upon um but the psilocybin that's the active ingredient in the mushroom uh, and now I actually lost my train of thought. Hmm. Wait, 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 you're. I was just listening. I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> um. Oh, that's the thing. Sorry. So no, no, no. I just I I got it again. So um. Um. The the the, the psilocybin is the active ingredient, and why I wanted to go with this story is that you see this uh, 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 rise of 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 institutions where you can do psilocybin or magic mushroom therapies hmm. and uh, many years ago yeah one company I think it's called Synthesis another thing I know it's called Synthesis where um, you, you uh, they, they would facilitate a, a, a full therapy session where they would use a truffle uh, which is the, the the mushroom that actually like grows underground, which is legal. And mm-hmm. if the mushroom grows upper ground, it's illegal. That actually was the initial thing: the mushroom, then the truffle. Anyhow, uh, there was one company called Synthesis, and now there are already five, mm. and they're coming from all places across the world, specifically actually from the United States and from Canada. They're yeah. flocking towards the Netherlands because our legislation is interesting. Because yeah. uh, even though the magic mushroom is illegal. The truffle uh, is legal, yeah. so uh, it, it is a business, yeah. and and uh, it's a business where people pay very good money for these things, um, which on the one hand I think it's very good, but if you need to pay a couple thousand euros to have a therapy session, that will exclude a lot of people as well. Yeah, and the reason why I'm saying this is just it it just shows that there is a movement going on quite quickly. Uh, that many people may be not aware about, uh, and 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 the same goes for all these microdosing brands in the Netherlands right now. Oh yes, as the yeah. ones that kicked off, um, because the sort of the first people who started actively um, promoting microdosing in the Netherlands is uh, Microdosing Institute, yeah, run by run by uh, by Hein and Jacobijn, yeah, 
and um, hopefully we can get them on the show one 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 day definitely um, but but they they did a lot of groundwork for um, creating a, a like a solid community and once that sort of started to kick off you started to see these more fancy packaged truffles yeah um, for like double triple the price of you know if you go to a smart shop um, and why I'm saying this is because there's a lot of it works people as soon as you change the packaging of a psychedelic product and you make it look more medical and sort of you know friendly the whole perception changed yeah and that's also what you're alluding to with these therapy uh, institutes yeah these retreats that as soon as it feels more so on one hand it's interesting because a lot of people that in the past would not even come close to psychedelics are now opening up it's way more accessible yes which is great and I yeah. applaud but there is this sort of backstory of yeah how capitalism can sort of grip its hand around something and completely squeeze it to death well this is the thing and I think this is also like again another reason why we're doing this is also to 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 talk about it but like what's yeah. the intention of these people what is the intention exactly. of these brands yeah. indeed so microdosing is popping up everywhere everybody who's probably listening to the podcast now they have, do, have they've done microdosing in some shape or form or they've read it or seen it online uh, somewhere and there are quite some companies promoting this and even many of these well, some of these companies are actually going to the to the stock market hmm. like it's it's big money yeah. it's extremely big money yeah and um, yeah, that's the, the, the stock market thing is really interesting in this in the United States which sort of gives a good perspective on how big this market will be because I think last year over like two dozen so that's like more than 20 companies went public in Canada and the States yeah and and they raised hundreds of millions of dollars but there is no product because the legislation in the North America isn't there yet yeah but what is there is just tons of research and that research is being translated into into new uh, chemical compounds which then can be patented so there's this insane race going on on the high level on the on, on the, the more like the medicalization level yeah who's going to be the big guy that makes the pharmaceutical grade psychedelic that then all the health insurances can purchase from to then impl- implement it into a therapy um that's happening right now and it's 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 probably going to take maybe two more years and then and then that battle is sort of figured out and, yeah. and you have like three titans basically yeah, yeah it might it might be but did, i think again this is interesting also for for us to explore but also for people to be aware of like it's now happening and and do we want these titans to be, to be the actual titans meaning well, like or, what or, is the intention of these people like what? are they really trying to help people are they trying to heal them and whatever or are they trying to make big money because there is massive amounts of money within psychedelics. Well, I, I think what's really important for, for everyone to realize is that it's it's. I don't see any problem with companies making a lot of money in no, medicalization. No, 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 that, that, I agree with that. But also also medicalization, because that's that's um, that whole infrastructure is, is super complex and really pricey and it's just, a di- it's not direct to consumer. And that's what people sometimes seem to forget. It's like, like oh if 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 some company has a patent on this psychedelic oh i can't use it anymore it's like no 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 you can still go to the to the forest and and pluck your mushrooms there and you can put them in your mouth and eat them yep. no company is going to forbid that you can't patent nature so thank god by the way <laughs> but what's interesting and that is something we're going to talk more in another show about but that that the current uh, narrative around psychedelics is sort of hyper focused on no this is something you should do with a therapist don't do it alone that's dangerous yeah where i personally and that's also why i started the company that i've started is like no we're humans and we've been doing this for thousands of years it's just literally yeah literally like it goes back to ancient civilization um but but we've just lost touch with that part of of humanity because we western modernized lifestyles but that doesn't mean we lost it within ourselves you can we can still tap into that can still dig into that um, so recreational use and legalization of, of, of plant life and the use of plant life and the cultivation of these things I think is super important um, and luckily there is a lot of movement there as well so hopefully we're gonna talk with these people as well it's it's not 
it's not either or it's a lot of no, nuance I think that's also very important to know and it's not either or and I, I completely applaud the, the, the companies that are bringing the, the, this to a bigger market yeah. uh, but again what you might see within the cannabis boom and actually you don't want to fall that they that they go for the trap of big pharma where they basically manage medicine yeah. they don't want to make people better they want to like manage health and, and sickness so to 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 optimize their profits yeah. I understand that you need to make profits to make a company grow although why should you like eternally keep on growing that's a completely different thing and uh, many of these retreat centers as an example that are charging stupid amounts of money they do talk to a certain demographic because for as an, for as an example my parents would never do psychedelics in a shamanic setting maybe uh, somewhere in the forest they're not that's not their thing no. but if they would go to a very fancy place which is like with with very uh, Western modern uh, like it's a hotel room and and, and it's it's like a, a spa retreat yeah they're, they're more likely to do that so it, the conditions are extremely different um, but the end result is hopefully the same so indeed it's not an either or but as long as as they just let people decide for themselves uh, if they take it and if they want to like grow their own mushrooms that they can yeah that you're not being prosecuted for this and if yeah. if, if if you, you want to take it <laughs> that you don't go to jail or something like that because now it's still illegal which again most, is just very places, strange yeah. because again also you, you pointed it out this this stuff has been part of every major civilization every major culture for as long as we know like literally thousands of years ten thousands of years yeah. and people seem to be forgetting that and actually, you were talking about Christianity regarding this mycophilia. Hmm. Actually, that's a very interesting thing because it's Christianity which uh, like, like abolished the mushroom because they saw it as a, it was part of pagan cultures and, 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 and the mushroom basically would make you mad. So they would see, they would see uh, the mushroom as Satan. Yeah. But equally, like... Uh, it's, it, the mushroom is very inclusive because these pagan cultures were accessible for anybody from from very rich people to slaves and then there, there's a you can only experience it for yourself mm-hmm. but if you take that away you also gain a certain control anyhow the people and the cultures that are very averse so the mycophobia cultures are equally the cultures that are very christian oriented yeah and i think this is again in the bigger picture very interesting of the mushroom because the mushroom has been around for billions of years and if we talk about mushrooms in the bigger context we need to be aware that our history goes way further back than the last 2000 years yeah which yeah, is i think most people most people know that it's it's like it's, it's, it's even like to sort of think about and we don't have time to get into this now but no um yeah, mushroom. The mushroom is basically f- responsible for life, pl- life and plant life as we know it right now. First, there was the mushroom, then there was the algae, which you really nicely explained. Yeah, in recording that we don't have anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, that's that's maybe a bit too technical to get into now. Well, the, it, like if, if people are very interested to to understand the origin of the mushroom and how it created all plant life on the planet, like literally all the word symbiosis actually comes from this thing called the lichen, and a lichen is a symbiotic relationship between the algae, which flushed ashore from the oceans, and the mushrooms, which are already there. And they created the first prototype plant. You're gonna explain it, but yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> they need to read. Uh, please go read *Entangled Life* of of Merlin Sheldrake. Yeah, definitely. This guy is an academic, Cambridge, like, but he he is extremely eloquent. He, he he writes it from a very personal perspective, and it's a beautiful introduction within the world of 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 fungi, fungi mycology and mushrooms but yeah. it, it, it would broaden the perspective of mushrooms significantly uh, and again I think that's very important for people again to understand this stuff is ancient it's been around for a long time every major culture ever lived on this planet has been working or living with mushrooms in any shape or form yeah. and actually we are the ones that disconnected from its most yeah 
which is actually also not completely true because many of our medicines are based on mushrooms. We don't even know it. True. It's true. like many, yeah. like so much, like it's just synthetic things from an actual mushroom. Yeah, because it depends also like when you say mushroom, you think this little fruiting body, you, you instantly maybe see the, the, the champignon, but it's also the yeast that makes our beer. Yeah. It's yeast that we use in bread. It's sort of it's, it's alcohol. It's, it's a yeast. Right? It's a mushroom. It's really it's really like if you start zooming in on it, it seems like infinite. Because it is infinite. <laughs> the mushroom is infinite. Like again, it's the largest organism on this planet. It's the oldest organism on this planet. It's to infinity and beyond. Yes, exactly. Well, it's 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 a fractal structure. But again, this is why it's such an exciting thing. Because also for the people like. It, it might go a little bit all over the place, but that's the beauty of this 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 topic because it it's literally all around us. Yeah. But it's not all around us; it's all beneath us because we're walking on it. Yeah. And if then, you go through, if you go through a forest, you're covered in spores. Yeah, but no, not even through the forest. It's like here. But like the mushroom is like the pink elephant in the room, which we seem to be forgetting. But we are the pink elephant is basically so big that we are in the pink elephant. We are the pink. We elephant. are the pink elephant. <laughs> but that's basically yeah. the thing, and that's what, for me personally, makes it so extremely exciting. Yeah. Because there's so much to explore. Because we don't know shit yeah. about it. True. Absolutely nothing. Yeah. From a scientific point of view, people think, "Oh, it's science, though it must be true." Well, that's what, what I really like about shit. that's what I really like about uh, Merlin Sheldrake's book is that there is a couple of chapters there where it becomes really clear that you know even the smartest scientists who have been researching this for over decades still have huge question marks. Like, but how do they do this? How can they communicate there? Why are we when we shut them off? They seem to still be connecting, but there's no soil in between. How do they do this? Like, there's really it's a mystery. It's an mystery. absolute mystery, and that's why, like, uh, it, it's it's it is a mystery. Until I think even the seventies is the fungi wasn't even seen as a, as a, a like kingdom a on itself. Yeah. It's just a, a very freaky plant. Yeah, that's very strange. Um, but anyhow, yeah, I think we can rave on for hours. But it's also I think a nice time to just slowly to 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 wrap up. Yeah, we have to kind of get our initial get the end. Follow the mushroom podcast yeah what, what episode what, what is what is uh what would you like to what, what can people expect again to i think uh, people can uh just follow us on this journey called follow the mushroom uh i, I expect curiosity uh information about what is happening on on all these different like elements which is sustainability health uh, architecture uh, the waste management like there's so many pillars that we can talk this through and where we're going to talk to very experienced people that are equally very curious about this thing uh, and we're going to pick their brain about what their expertise is and how they see this development happening uh, and hopefully uh, we, we can like transform also the, the the podcast and maybe into an actual documentary where the people that we speak with uh, that we can actually interview them on, on camera as well oh. um, and and uh, basically and it's it's an exploration of the mushroom in the broader sense um, although within specific pillars uh, and and th this is what people can expect uh, uh, sick I, I couldn't say it better so I won't um. <laughs> Uh, people thank you for listening I hope this was not completely random uh, uh, I th I and I hope you enjoyed it and uh, do we have we, we don't have we have our own Instagrams at the moment we don't have a we don't have a follow the mushroom Instagram no I also don't think um, maybe we get it maybe we don't but um, what to say what to say it's this it's another way uh, yeah no maybe if you I mean if there's someone out there who, who wants to help setting that up I think we're open for that I think if people if people have any suggestions, any yeah. feedback, any things, again, this is for us the first time that we're doing this, but yeah. we really want to do a good job. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, there are many podcasts and things out there, uh, but uh, if if you want to contribute in any shape or form, please let us know. Uh, Where can people follow you? 
uh, it's, it's Jack NL. So Jack underscore NL on Jack, Instagram. Jack underscore NL. My, 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 you can you can find me at Matthijs. Well, just yeah, Matthijs underscore ideas. Matthijs ideas. Matthijs underscore ideas. <laughs> and if you want to maybe just throw the Gmail address in there, right? So people can mail oh, us. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you have questions, I think it's follow the mushroom at Gmail. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So follow the mushroom at gmail.com. Yeah. And and definitely get into Echo Box. Oh, definitely. Echo Box. Yeah. Again, thank you for uh, selecting us. And shout out to all the people that got selected for Echo Box. It's a beautiful, very big, eclectic, uh, talented group of people. Uh, and I'm very excited about Exobox and its uh, direct future. But for now, thank you so much for listening. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Thank you guys. Thank you guys. Thank you guys. Echo Box.